Right, so today we've got an idea, a concept, which is a global idea. When I say global, I mean the Shas global, across, across Shas it comes up over and over again. So we get that, that halachic information, that, that idea and concept in halacha. And also we'll get an understanding from a Tosfus in, um, uh, in, in, in Bov Metziah. We're going to get an understanding of the difference between the way Hashem sees and judges our actions as opposed to the way we, down here, see and judge actions. Uh, the, the idea that we're dealing with is the idea of Messiah Ein Bo Mamish, that when somebody helps, plays a part in an action, facilitates, enables an action, that their role is not critical, then Ein Bo Mamish, it's not, that's not even considered an action. And that's learned in Gemara Shabbos, Daft Tzadi Gimel, from the Posuk in Vayikra, Im Nefesh Achat Bishkaga Me'am Ha'aretz Ba'asota. When is, an, when is a person responsible for bringing a korban chatos? When that person did the avera, And the Gemara learns from that, that if two people do it together, then th- that doesn't count. The, that, that's not very One person has to do the whole thing in order to be obligated to bring a korban chatos. Uh, and there the Gemara says, because Messiah in Bo Mamish, if you're simply helping somebody, so there we're talking about El Cheshabbos, so there's a long beam. If two people are needed to carry the beam and one person couldn't carry the beam and they're carrying it in Rishut HaRabim, then both are Chayev. But if one person was carrying it on his own and some person just came along and, and helped, but you didn't really need the help, then that person is not Chayev at all. The one who was responsible for the main moving is the one who is responsible because Messiah in Bo Mamish. That leads Ameymar in our Gemara to the conclusion that if you need a particular eye treatment that entails coloring the eye, so there's a problem with it on Shabbos and Yom Tov, apart from the question of refuav, of healing, even where you're allowed to heal, um, the application of this particular ointment on the eye colors the eye. It serves as a kind of an eye makeup as well, and that's a, that's a problem. Um, but Amemir says he used to do it allowing, he used to allow it using a non-Jew to do it. And so the Rav Amruna asks him and, and says, even though it's a Tadovashen Basakana, the, the sick person is clearly not in danger. If he was in danger, there would be no question. He just got, he's got a bit of an eye problem. He wants to clear it up. Nevertheless, even to ask a non-Jew, surely that isn't, isn't okay because Kamasaya Bahade, he's helping him. By, by opening his eye, by shutting his eye, he's making his eye available to the nurse who's doing this treatment on the eye, and therefore he's, he's participating, uh, and, and therefore he should be, he should be, that shouldn't be allowed. He said, you're not the first one who's thought of that. Rav Zvid asked me the same thing. And I answered him, Messiah in Mamish, you're right, he's helping the nurse by making his eye available, so he's participating to some degree. But that's in Bormamish, he's just participating, that doesn't count. And Rashi says over here, If somebody's not doing the melocha, just helping a little bit. As in this case, you're opening your eye, closing your eye. And even without your help, the, the deed could have been done. In Bo Mamash, that's not considered as, as being of, of any kind of seriousness. And that's how we learn in Masech the Shabbos above. And the Rambam brings that halacha that that if two people, if one person can't do the halacha, that he needs the help of another two, like carrying a beam. Since one can't do it alone and they had to do it in partnership, 
then they're both chayavim. They're both, they're both responsible from the point of view of Hilchot Shabbat. But if one could have done it on his own, and the other one just comes and he helps along, but his help wasn't really needed, then only the first one is chayiv, and the Messiah, the one who's helping, is not chayiv at all. He's not obligated at all. That's the halachic principle. The, the, the classical difficulty with it is a Gomorrah Marcus about you going to the barber and the barber cuts your payas. He, he shears your hair in a place where you're not supposed to cut your hair. He does it with a blade. So who's chayiv? So the Gemara says there, the barber and the client, the customer, are both chayovim. They've both been over the isra. And then and the Gemara says, um, to, to Rav Chista says, but he's done nothing. The one who's sitting in the barber chair has done nothing. Why is he chayiv? Answers Ravashi, the Messiah. It's talking about where he helps. He tilts his head, he puts his head up, he moves his head, he plays a part. In the, whole, in the whole operation, Im- implying that if he was not Messiah, he would have been Paturi, he would have been free. Um, wh- why is the Messiah important there? So the, we, we've got this very important Tosfus in, in Marcus and, and the Ridvo in, Tosfus in Bovencia and the Ridvo in Marcus. Tosfus says, Ki nikaf le the reason that we have to talk about the um, the, the nikaf, that's the customer in the barber chair, has to be helping, but if he's just sitting passively, he wouldn't be chayev. Because if it weren't for that, he would have been doing no action. So we, the, this is the whole discussion of the Gemara. There's the man in the barber seat. If he was sitting absolutely still and he didn't move his head, and the barber t- takes all his payers off, then the man in the seat wouldn't be chayav because he did nothing. The, the barber would be chayav. But nevertheless, says, the, says Tosfus, um, that's only because it's a love she'en bomasi. You can't hold him liable in court. So there's no malchus for him because he didn't do anything. There wasn't an action. There was nothing visible. But the love he did, he was over the love. What love is he over? We've just said Messiah. Even if you're Messiah, it's nothing. And here we're saying if you're Messiah, if he tilts his head, then he's Chayev. And even if he doesn't tilt his head, says the Tosfus, but he's, he's still over the issue, but we've just learned that Messiah in Bo Mamash. So explains the Ritva that this din of, of cutting the hair is different because there we, we learn that since it's written, Beloshan Rabim, Lo Takifu et Pa'aroshchem, since it's written in the plural, where, where further on in the Posuk it reverts back to the singular, since the Posuk states the Isra in the plural, it's talking about two people. So this is Akosov. This is a particular law with respect to shaving the pears, that the Makif and the Nikaf are both responsible. You see, sometimes there's an Isra, something is prohibited in the Torah, sometimes because the action is prohibited, not the outcome. Sometimes it's the outcome which is prohibited, not only the action. In the case of Shabbos, Melechet, Machshevet, it's the action. We don't care about the outcome. If you did what is defined as a melacha, you're responsible. It doesn't matter what resulted from it. You did the melacha. And the intention was designed. The intention was outcome, as we have discussed with Melechet, Machshevet. But it doesn't, there doesn't have to have been an outcome. But in the case of payah, of, of cutting the payas, 
there the both are also. The action is also, and the outcome is also. So even though, and that's because of the plurality of the posuk. So even though the client in the barber chair did nothing, he was sitting with his head absolutely still, he's over an issue because it says, Lo takifu peyat roshchem, in the plural, that means the barber and the client. And, and therefore he's over. He's not high of Malchus, he's not going to be guilty in a court of law, and the Bezdin won't find him guilty because there was no action. We as human beings can only hold respons- people responsible when there is visible action. You can't hold a person responsible for what he's thinking um, or, or for what he's, what he's doing without any kind of, kind of action. When we judge people, we can only judge an action. You can't judge a person because you have no idea what's going on inside the person's mind. The only thing you can judge is an action. Say, that action, I don't care what's going on in your mind. That action's not okay. That's how a Beisdin works. Beisdin have to have witnesses. What did you see? But the witnesses can't come and say, well, we didn't see anything, but we know what his intention was. We don't know what anybody's intention is. So we can never judge intention. And when you see somebody who you think has done you wrong or who said something and you think they meant it to harm, you don't know. So we've just got to accept we don't know people, we don't understand people, we don't know what's going on in their heads, we don't even know what's going on in our own heads. Certainly not in anybody else's heads. But a based in judges on action. Hashem judges intention. So Hashem looks at this client in the barber seat and says, but the fact is you allowed your payers to be cut off. It's true you didn't do anything, so no Malchus. You, you can't be punished in a based in for that. But from my perspective, says Hashem, you, you were over. You committed, an, you committed an Avera even though you didn't do anything. But that's specifically for this case because of the wording of the posse. Now that has a lot of relevance. It becomes a major issue in a, a, a very important piece of Shulchan Aruch in Yoredea, Simon Kaftzit Tadiches. That's on the other side of the, of the source sheet. There the Taz goes into it, an, imp, an important discussion. The Taz and the Shach are two very important Perushim on the Shulchan We can't move without them. The Shach is on Yerodeh and Choshen Mishpat. The Taz is on, 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 on a lot of the Shulchan They were both 17th century in, in Poland, about the same age, about the same period. Uh, the Taz published almost at the same time as the Shach published. And it's quite interesting. Sometimes you find in Yerodeh, the Taz will say, uh, I've just, this amazing Kiddush has come to me. Nobody's ever said this anywhere in the world before, and I'm going to share this amazing Kiddush. And across the page, the Shach says exactly the same thing, although they didn't see each other's work. They were published at the same time, and they didn't see each other's work. And people say from that, you see, sometimes when an idea is brought into the world, it becomes populated, it, beca- it spreads. And uh, the first person brings the idea in, and then other people conceive of the idea, although nobody conceived of the idea before. So that's the, the Taz, and the Taz writes in a case on Yom Tov where a woman wants to go to the mikveh and realizes she didn't cut her nails. He says you, she can't ask a non-Jew to cut her nails for her uh, because the same as, as, the barber, as the client in the barber seat. You can't have the barber cut your payers. And so it is here too. You can't have the woman, a, a goy, cut the woman's nails so that she can go to the mikveh. Uh, and, so he, and he learns it from the case of the, of the, of the payers, of the barber. The shach, when the shach read the Nekudas HaKes, when the shach read the Taz, so he published, the shach published, um, and the, 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 the Taz, is, they're both so amazing. The Taz married the Bach's daughter. The Bach is the primary parish on Tur. We can't really work with Tur without the Bach. 
and the Bach also wrote the Smaun parts of Shulchan Aruch. So we've, these are just people that have made halacha possible for us. Uh, so the Bach and his son-in-law, the Taz, um, he, his, his wife passed away, and then he married the Bach's daughter-in-law, who had also become a, become a widow. So just an interesting family dynamic there. Then the Shach comes along. The Shach, also interesting stories about the Shach. I've mentioned once before, a long time ago, the Shach, the Shach was in Vilna during the early middle of the 17th century. There was a terrible pogrom. He had to flee from Vilna, and he was fleeing from place to place without Sforim. He had a terrible, terrible time. But the worst thing is, he lost his daughter in that. She disappeared. And he only rediscovered her many, many years later as a princess. She was adopted by a king who found her. Uh, and she kept her Yiddishkeit all that time and uh, was reunited much later on with her, with her father, the Shach. Anyway, the Shach now is published, and now he reads the Taz, and he says, Taz, this is a terrible thing. We've made a terrible mistake. On two counts, you've made a mistake. But the one count is that this is unique to the case of Peah because of the way the Posuk is worded. That's the, the Tosfus in, in Bov Metzia that, that we learned. You can't apply that to other cases. One has to be very careful when you apply a situation from one case to another. That Gemara in Makkus, which is talking about the client in the barber seat, that's because of the plurality in the Posuk of Lota Kifu Peadzakanchem, where it's written in the plural. On the basis of that, says the Ritvor, that's why we learn that even if you're passive and you're not doing anything, you're over the Avera. And if you help in any way, then you're Chai of Malchus. That's specifically there because that's the way the Torah worded it. But in every other situation, we have a principle of Messiah in Bormamish. And therefore, if the non-Jewish woman cuts this lady's nails... She's not, the, 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 the woman herself, even if she's holding her finger out so that her nails can be cut, she's not doing anything, says the, says the Taz in the Nakuda Takesef. So you've made a terrible mistake on this. That, that's not at all possible. Now, the Nakuda Takesef is, um, again, the Shach and the Taz publish at the same time, and now they read each other's works. The Shach gets very heated about a lot of things the Taz says, and he writes a new sefer called Nakuda Takesef, which is just notes on the Taz, we're a little bit like the Ravid does with the Rambam. Wherever he thinks the Taz has made a mistake, the Shach in the Nakuda Takesef attacks the Taz. And then there's another place where the Taz answers him, and then he answers the Taz. This is a debate that goes on. It's delightful to actually see the, the, the Shach and the Taz debating with each other, even though they didn't have a lot of contact. But there's a very interesting comment in the Shach's introduction to the Nakuda Takesef, and I've quoted it down below because it's important. Do, do not think for a moment in reading the Sefer. Don't think I have any machlokas with the Taz or I have anything against him and that that's why I wrote the Sefer. Because everybody knows Terry comes back to the host I've entertained the Taz in my house. So don't you in generations to come see us arguing and think that there's anything personal about the argument. I've had the Taz in my house. He was with me for three days. And you cannot imagine the honor I showed him. He was so happy in my house. And he enjoyed the way I treated him so much that he kissed me. He was as happy as at the Beit HaShoeva. 
ואלוקים יודע, השם נז, ועד שלא חיברתי ספרי נקודת כסף, אבל אז רק לשם שמיים. השם can give evidence that the purpose in my writing, the נקודת הכסף, is לשם שמיים, there was nothing personal against the, the taz in anything that I wrote. It's just a beautiful piece as to how he frames the safe of the נקודת הכסף and, and the disagreement with the taz on this matter. From a matmonim perspective, what's really important is the comment of the Gemara, of the um, Tosfus in Bova Metziah. Where Tosfus says, you're not, you don't get Malchus if you were passive, but you've been over the Avera. And I want you to flip that around and to say, well, what about then doing a mitzvah? What happens if somebody is doing a mitzvah and you come along and help? The other guy doesn't really need you. He's collecting stockers, so you go around and you collect from some people as well. But he could have managed without you. He could have done it as well. Do you get merit for that or don't you? So it comes to the question of whether you're looking at it from a human perspective or you're looking at it from, an, from a divine perspective. From a human perspective, no, you don't give the man big COVID. And this guy comes along and says, look, I raised all this money. No, you just help that guy raise the money. Don't, don't exaggerate what you did. You just chipped in and, and you helped. Or, or you give some money to a project. The project is got the needs to raise, raise uh, $10,000. And they're really at $9,000, and you give them another $1,000. But they would have got the $10,000 in any case. Don't all be, get all excited. It's very nice you gave the $1,000, but it's not your project. You don't own it because you helped. The person who was, who was crucial to it owns it. And it's important when we look at people and when we're managing people, who gets the credit? Don't be careful not to give the credit to somebody who was just a... Uh, and sometimes those people who just come along and help at the end do it very visibly. So that you should see that, you know, after 90% of the job's been done, they come along and they take and, and they want to be given credit for that. A manager, a leader has to be very careful to know who owns the action, not who did it, not who helped. Who owns it? Who's the balabos of the action? Who initiated it? Who took the responsibility for it? Who would have done the whole thing even if there wasn't help from anybody else? That's the person who gets the credit. That's the only person who gets the credit. Klape Shmaya, from Hashem's point of view, every little thing we do counts. Even if we just help and even if we're passive, whatever it is, it all counts. And Hashem notices every support and help that we give to anybody else, even if it wasn't crucial to the project. But from a human perspective, it's important that we understand and that we know that uh, the person who owns the project, the person who does the work, the person who's responsible for it, that's the person who gets the credit and not the hangers-on.